Good morning, everybody. Uh, before I get started, um, I'd love to pray for us, but that's all right. God, thank you for a new day. Thank you for uh, allowing us to arise uh, as they just sang. Uh, thank you for uh, your blood, dear Lord, covering us and washing us and, uh, and help us just to never forget that. I pray that today, God, that we would just experience you, dear Lord, and, and just respond to it and whatever that means and, and just help us to get out of the way. I uh, thank you for just the, the privilege to be able to share your word and, and uh, I look forward to what you're going to do. I love you. Amen. Uh, so, we've been in the book of Romans for the past few weeks. If, uh, if you didn't know, now you know. Um, how many of you have enjoyed Romans? Romans is a, is a deep... Uh, it, it seems like you, can, you could read it two or three times a year and, and just get more and more and more. And uh, it's, it's been good, but I, I tell you, it's, been, it's been tough. Uh, it's been tough to tell you about some of it and study for it and prepare for it. And it's been, it's been good, but it's tough. Um, it's almost like a good workout, you know. You don't, you don't want to do it, but once, once you get in there and do it, uh, you realize the benefits of it. And uh, if, you, if any of you remember from last week, we were in Romans chapter 6. We've kind of been going through almost a chapter a week. Um, you know, you're, you're a, a slave to something. Something is your master, whether you realize it or not. And thank God for Jesus Christ, and that we don't have we once we die to those things, we don't have to live for them anymore. Um, chapter seven is just kind of a continuation of chapter six, and talking about uh, being we're no longer bound to the law, and the law reveals our sin and but there's a problem. We still struggle with sin, don't we? How many of you struggle? Everybody struggles, yeah? Okay. Uh, but how, how many of us come in here on Sunday for an hour and, and, and on the way here you're arguing with your wife or hollering at the kids? And, and it's funny... In the second half of chapter 7, Paul's going to talk about why he struggles and does the things he doesn't want to do. And, and you wake up in the morning and you're like, maybe you're singing that song, Arise. And you're like, Lord, I'm going to have a good day today. I'm going to church today. And then you wake up and your feet hit the floor and you got to get your kids dressed and breakfast made. And, and, and you, you say you're going to be good or do good or, or die to yourself or think about other people. And then a problem comes, right? And then before you know it, your sin comes out. And you're hollering at your kids or your wife. And then you get here. And what do we do? When somebody, when somebody asks you how you're doing, what do you say? I'm good. I'm great. I'm highly blessed and favored, Lord. If, there was any, if I was any better, there would be two of me. But you're not. And so we, what, we fake it, right? We lie. Or we put on a face. Or we, you know, make people believe that being a Christian is just butterflies and rainbows and, 
And, uh, you know, we're just floating along. So in Romans chapter 7, Paul talks about that very thing. And uh, we're going to read it. So, title of the message, Faith and Discipline. Remember, you got to have faith before you have discipline. And, and, and this part of Romans is, is kind of talking about the law, right? The discipline. Uh, a lot of us try to do things to make up for or correct that struggle with sin and don't realize it ain't about what you do. It's about who you know. And uh, But I think we all recognize there's a problem, right? There is a problem. Guess what the problem is? Problem's sin, but not just sin. Problem's us. We're the problem. The problem of sin is us. So, Paul starts in verse 14. After talking about the law, Paul says, The trouble's not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. Well, in the first 13 verses, he talks about how we're no longer bound to the law. And he says, before we get into the trouble and the problem and and ourselves, uh, I think you need to understand, he gives this this cool illustration in in the beginning of chapter 7, talking about the law. And he says, now, dear brothers and sisters, you who are familiar with the law, everybody familiar with the law? Most of us in here. Some of us might not be. Don't you know that the law applies only while a person is living? For example, when a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. But if he dies, the laws of marriage no longer apply to her. So while her husband is alive, she must be committing adultery if she has married another man. But if her husband dies... She is free from that law and does not commit adultery while she remarries. And I don't think the point of Paul giving that example is to get into what is acceptable and not acceptable in marriage, adultery, and divorce, but he goes on to say, so, my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. This This is why I'm saying what I'm saying. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. So to no longer be bound to the law What do you have to do? You have to die. You have to realize that you are dead. And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. As a result of dying. So it isn't that the law is necessarily bad, but it is that the law shows you that you are. When we are controlled by our old nature, sinful desires, we are at work within us, and the law arouses these evil desires that produce the harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. But now we have been released from the law, for when we die to it, we are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the Spirit. So the point, well, the point of the law wasn't to see how good you could be, but to show you how bad you are. But how often do we strive, I'm, I'm going to be better today. 
I'm going to do more. I'm going to do good. And you don't realize we're not good. We're dead without Christ. And God's law reveals our sin. But when I say that, you think, well, so because when you attach law and sin, you think, well, then so is the law bad? No, the law's not bad. It's just a sign to show you something. Just like the speed limit. If there weren't no speed limit, what would happen? There'd be some of you, let's say you're on 40. Speed limit's 70. But if there weren't no speed limit, it just said drive safely. Some of you would go 46 miles an hour and cause people, other people, to sin, right? <laughs> but then there'd be the other half of you that would go 106 miles an hour while you're putting on your makeup and eating pizza and on the phone. And you'd cause the rest of us to be terrified. So the law is just a sign to show you something. To show you that you need help. So Paul says the trouble in verse 14 is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me. For I'm all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And whether you realize it or not, in this life, until Christ comes back, we're in a battle. Paul in Ephesians talks about the battle isn't against flesh and blood, but in spirituals and principalities. VBS, so we got this big castle back here. VBS is about keepers of the kingdom, and, and the first thing we're going to learn tonight is that there's two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of light and the kingdom of dark. And we realize there's a problem, right? That we struggle. It's almost like tug of war. There's a war going on and there's something constantly pulling you in one direction or the other, right? And so some days you feel like you're being pulled down into flesh, right? Because of your sinful nature. Or some days you're being pulled up in the Spirit and, you, and, you, and you're feeling God's presence and you're experiencing it. But I would say more days than not, I'm feeling pulled down. I'm being honest. And I wonder what would happen if we came in here and actually said, how many of you ever come to church growing up or even here or any church and felt like the people in there Make Christianity seem like it's great, like it's easy, like it's this this wonderful thing. Anybody? Well, how many of you know that Christianity is hard? It is it is daggone near impossible without Jesus Christ. But what do you do? You feel like you need to be good and you need to or you compare, you need to be what other people are, you need to do what other people are doing because you see them doing good or, or seem to be have, have their stuff together. And what do you do? You try to do it in your 
own might or you try to live closer to the letter of the law and you don't even realize the law is just a sign. It's a standard, yeah. Thank God He gave us some rules because if we didn't have rules, it would just be chaos. But the point of the rules was to point you to knowing that you need help, that there's a problem. So, if you don't even, maybe you don't even recognize there is, there is this tug of war going on between light and darkness, good and evil. Then I, I would say if, if there's not an internal war going on within you, if you're not struggling, then either you don't take God serious or you don't realize how holy He is or you don't take your sin serious. Or you don't think it's a big deal. But the great news is as Christians that war has already been won, right? And we know that. That's the hope we have. But, what does Paul say? The trouble is not with the law, it's with me. I'm all too human. How many of us are human? All of, I would hope all of us. All right, that's good. How many of you do things and you don't understand why you do them? Just like maybe this morning. I'm going to be a better parent. I'm going to love my kids the way Jesus does. And they spit toothpaste all over the mirror and won't get dressed and won't eat their breakfast and made you late and now you don't look good. And I ain't going to holler at them. I'm going to love them. And then you, you holler at them and, 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 and you're in, in your mind. A lot of that stuff is in my mind. It, I don't vocalize it all the time, but I'm, God, why do I? I don't do what I say I'm, I'm going to do and I don't do what I know to do is right. Which is what Paul's about to get into. Under the law, there is sin. And Paul just explained that. Having knowledge of the rules doesn't make it easier to obey them. In, in verse 9, he says, At one time I lived without understanding the law. So maybe you were ignorant to it. And that was why you didn't take sin seriously. But now you know. At one time I lived without understanding the law, but when I learned the commandment, do not covet, for instance, the power of sin came to life. And you realized, oh, I want what other people got. And that ain't good. Should we go through the Ten Commandments? How many of you ever lied? Ever stole? Ever coveted somebody else's stuff? Ever put something else in front of God? So there's these, I think there's these two, you realize there's a problem. And, and I, for some reason, fall more into the rebellious side of sin than I do the religious side of sin. Meaning, how many of you do stuff? When somebody tells you not to do something, you, that makes you want to do it even more. Or you see a sign, don't walk on the grass. And you step over the rope and walk in the grass just to say, look what I did. And you don't think about the reason. But then there's the religious side of sin. And you're trying to uphold the law and, and 
Look how good I can be and look how many rules I can follow. And you don't realize that when you do that, in a way, you're pretending. Because you ne- you'll never measure up. You'll never be able to fulfill all those things. So tricking people in- into thinking that you do is deceiving yourself and them. In the flesh, we're under bondage, right? Because of our sinful nature. And Paul, picking back up in 16, but I know that it, but I know that what I'm doing is wrong. This shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I want to do what is wrong. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing it. It's the sin living in me that does it. Just like last week in in chapter 6, we're a slave to something, whether you realize it or not, which, which just points to what I was just saying. Maybe you're not aware of the law or you're ignorant to your sin and you don't even realize some of the things you do. And that the law, which is good and spiritual, is just to to help you to see that you need help and that there's a problem. And all of us just admitted that we struggle. But what do we do? We try to do it in our own strength, don't we? Let me see how I can fix this. Well, self-determination and self-improvement can't, can't change your heart. You need to be made new, right? You need to die. Paul points that out in, in saying this whole spiel. I don't really understand myself for I do, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. I try really hard. I understand the law now that I, you know, now that I'm in relationship with Christ, that I am a Christian, I'm understanding things that maybe I didn't understand before, but it just makes me realize that I don't do what I want to do or I'm even learning to do. If you notice, Paul never says what the sin was that he's struggling with. You ever wonder why? Because it's sin is sin. And if he'd have said what he was struggling with, there'd be about 1,400 books on why you shouldn't do that. Instead of pointing you to the fact that whatever your problem is, the only thing that can save you is Jesus. And so instead of struggling in that tug of war, it's almost like, let's say, the devil's on this side, darkness is on this side, light's on this side, and you're trying to pull this rope. All the while, Jesus is on this side with you, standing behind you with His arms crossed. The only thing you've got to do is ask. The power is right here. The only thing you've got to do is give up. 
then I can pull that rope way harder than you can. So we come in here on Sunday, right? For an hour. After we said we're good and blessed and highly favored and there should be two of us. We're just we're just so good. And you come in here and maybe you get some sort of conviction or maybe something gets exposed to you that you hadn't really thought much about or you didn't realize and you're like, you know what, I'm I need to I need to change. I'm gonna start living right. And what happens? We just identify what the problem is, right? You go back out of here, because you ain't in here before an hour most times, sometimes two. Uh, and you go back out of here, and what happens by, shoot, sometimes, some of you don't even make it to the afternoon. You get to Tuesday. And everybody in here, we've sang, and, and it's like a big celebration. It's like a family reunion. It's great. But you get out of here and you and you wonder, why do I do what I don't want to do? What's the problem? I felt all this conviction. I made a change. I got baptized. I made a promise. I got a ring. I got a certificate. I took this class. I should be better. That's legalism. If you don't realize that in the flesh you're in bondage, that you're bound, held back, and that the only thing that can break that is Jesus, then yeah, by about 2.30 this afternoon, guess what? You're going to be sinning again. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect. I love this part of Romans because it just reminds me that because sometimes we read about Paul and we think about all the things Paul did and he's he's just this model Christian and this huge bold confident representative of Christ and right here he says and admits I struggle just like you so when somebody asks you how you're doing do you say brother I'm just glad I made it in here I'm struggling. I got stuff going on that I don't know what to do about, and I don't know why I do the things that I don't want to do, but I do them anyway. And you don't realize that the power, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, lives in you, and the only thing you have to do is ask for it. He goes on to say, I discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. But there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? We know the answer, but we don't do it, do we, all the time? 
See, becoming a Christian don't get rid of sin and temptation in your life. It doesn't mean that you can whatever the things I listed. You, you can do the thing, and it's going to take away your problems because it isn't nothing you can do. In chapter one of Romans, it talks about what Christianity is, and Christianity is not is obedience from faith. It's not obedience for faith. You understand? That from faith, by faith, comes obedience. Not obedience to have faith. Faith and discipline. You've got to have the faith before you have the discipline. And if you... It is not... It's not try harder. Christianity isn't try harder, do better, is stay closer. Get closer. And if you would just do that, die to yourself, let go, God will produce those things in you. Jesus talks about the vine and the branches. Well, to be connected to the vine, a branch has to be connected to the vine, right? It has to be close. And it isn't, the branch doesn't produce fruit by anything it does. It's because it's connected to the vine. So it isn't, it ain't easy, but it's pretty simple. Stay close. Don't, it's not try harder. It's not follow more rules. It's not do more. So he says, Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When you feel overwhelmed, what do you do? Or maybe, I know what I do sometimes, I don't pray all the time. So if you're looking for a perfect pastor, then I ain't it. And if you're looking for somebody to prop up or aspire to be or to compare to, I ain't it. only thing I know is that when I let go of whatever I'm trying to fix or whatever's overwhelming me, and you realize, whenever you're tired, what do you, what do you, what's your immediate? I need to get some sleep. Y'all people are keeping me from doing that. I'm going to figure out a way to do this. I'm going to lie, steal, kill, deceive, manipulate to get what I want because this thing, whatever the thing is, is going to help me and make me better. Do you, have you ever, I, I dare you to try, the next time you're tired, next time you're overwhelmed, stressed, Instead of using whatever the thing is, whether it's Netflix, YouTube, drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, nicotine, just pray. Say, God, I need help. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I need some strength.
um, I was listening to a sermon and uh, the guy was talking about the gospel and 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 what Christ has done for us and it's, it, he was comparing it to uh, when he used to go hunting with his dad and uh, they would go rabbit hunting in the winter and they had these little beagle dogs. They would run through the woods and there was this little creek behind their house and it would freeze over a lot of times in the winter. And uh, the dog got out there on the ice and broke through the ice and the current from the creek was pulling the dog further downstream. And it was him and his brother and his daddy and they would spread out to cover a block of woods to kind of corral the rabbits with the dogs. Well, this dog was drowning freezing, couldn't, because of the ice, couldn't get back to the bank. And it's working hard, you know, it's, it's doing everything it can. And it's just, it ain't, everything it's doing, it ain't working. And what is the gospel? Jesus came down. And what happened? He said there in that moment, the dog helped him realize what the gospel was. But in an instant, his dad just happened to be further downstream and stuck out the butt of his gun and pulled the dog to the bank and grabbed him by the collar and pulled him out. Saved him. And he said that from then there on, that dog listened to whatever his dad would say. It was his master. The dog died to himself because he had been saved. He had been redeemed. And it wasn't anything he could do. That's the Gospel. That's the good news. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. How many of you want to do what God says? Because you realize and you know that there's a creator, a designer of this universe and that He probably knows how to do life and the things He created better than you. I think most people can recognize that. Because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. So like I said earlier, either, either you don't take sin serious enough or you don't take God serious enough. But whichever one it is, either way, you need to be free. And the great thing is Jesus has already won that battle. So because of Christ, we have freedom from all this. We have freedom from... We're no longer bound to the law. That doesn't mean... Sometimes I can preach this thing this way, and 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 I hope people don't take away. Well, that you know, God's just got enough grace for me to do whatever I want to. Well, then you ain't talking to God, the same God I talk to. In Christ, there is freedom, and I pray that each and every one of you experience that. And sometimes, like we've learned earlier in Romans, sometimes. 
God will give you over to your sin to help you to see. And for you religious people, sometimes God will give you over to the law to help you to see. But either way, God has enough grace for all of us. So if you just run to Him, He'll meet you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray that uh, as I'm reminded of the song that if we'll just run to the Father, dear Lord, fall into grace, uh, be done with our hiding, and know that that in in your arms is the safest place to be. And and God, whatever anybody's dealing with, help us help us to know that we all struggle. That in this life it's going to be a struggle, but that you provide freedom, dear Lord. I pray that we'll all just ask You, confess to You that, that we need help, that we, whatever those struggles are. And, and thank You for Paul and reminding us that no matter what position or authority or, or place You've put us in, that, that You'll meet us right where we're at and it isn't anything we can do on our own. Thank You for the freedom that Christ offers, dear Lord, and thank You for freeing me enough to, to try to help people to see. Uh, dear Lord, I pray that You just continue to, to free us and, and to walk in, in that grace and hope that You offer. And uh, God, I ask it all in Your name. I love You.